It's the second episode of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. A lot happened in the world of NBA, NFL, and college football. So stay tuned as Gavin and I break down everything that happened. Hello guys, it is the second episode of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. I am Tyler Goff and I am with Gavin Poe. My man Gavin Poe, a lot happened in the past week. Not just in the NFL, but also in college football. And, you know, yesterday, uh, NBA just had their media day. And there's something else that we're going to get to with the NBA that happened. But before we get to all the good sports stuff, Gavin and I just want to thank everyone who listened to the podcast on the first episode. at 22 views on... Um, Anchor. On Anchor. And we're we're really excited about that. And we're really happy... And we know last week on the podcast, we said we were just going to be happy with 10 viewers, and we ended up getting 22. And I think that's pretty good. And now, Gavin, uh, the podcast is not just on on Anchor, but it's also on Spotify now. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Google Podcasts. And you can also find it on other apps uh, such as Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Republic, and also Stitcher. We're everywhere, guys. Everywhere. We're we're going worldwide, <laughs> and uh, I get we cannot express our gratitude for you know everyone who listened to the podcast this past week, and we're just really happy with the turnout. So now, on to sports. NBA over the past weekend, Jimmy Butler. Met with the Timberwolves, met with coach and president Tom Thibodeau. He said he requested a trade, and he listed three teams, which the teams I thought, there's one team in particular I thought was surprising, which was the Nets. But the other two teams I thought in the long run could make sense, and they had the Knicks and the Clippers. And I think both of them are for different reasons, but Jimmy Butler... He wants mainly two things, which is he wants a really good max extension when after, you know once his contract's up, and he wants to play with the second superstar. Well, all three teams that he listed, uh, they have one thing in common, or two things in common, and that is that they're a big market, New York and Los Angeles, and then they also have cap room in the off season next uh this next coming up off season to sign another big free agent such as a Kyrie Irving or possibly Kevin Durant something of that sort yeah i think he listed the Knicks in part because of all the the trade or not the trade talk but the free agent talk that Kyrie might possibly sign there yeah the the Knicks and the Clippers definitely make and more sense and the Clippers sense. make sense because Kawhi uh, Leonard uh, that's the one of the and the sources say that's one of the top teams that um that Kawhi Leonard is going for. But Butler and he makes more sense going to the Knicks or Clippers because they have pieces there already that could possibly help win. The Knicks more than Clippers though. I mean Clippers have a solid team around them though, better than the Nets. The Nets pretty much just have young and pieces. And I don't that know why on. I mean I'm sure the Nets could probably pay him, but as far as playing with the second superstar, the Nets really don't have a second superstar. Well, I mean, they have a lot of really good rotation players. I mean, Rondé, the Hollis, Clippers Jefferson, don't really have a superstar either. But 
I mean, they have, I guess they have the Clippers... camp space to bring people in. Jimmy Butler wants to like form his own team, yeah. and he he wants to play with somebody that has the same uh, fight and work ethic as him. That's why he wants to leave the and Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler is, you know, he's, you know, obviously one of the top players in the NBA right now, and we what? know his story, and he plays with a lot of heart, and he he there's I don't think there's anyone in the NBA who plays with more heart than he does. But we were talking about last week, or or a couple of days ago, if he was a locker room cancer. And considering stuff that happened towards the end in Chicago... Rondo called him out, and that that's when he knows something's wrong, when Rondo calls you out. Exactly. And I think the problem is he just wants people to work as hard as him, and that's just... He and works so much harder than the The problem with person. the Timberwolves is there's a lot of young talent. And, and young talent that's good... You have uh, Carl Anthony Towns, who just signed a big extension, five years, $190 million. That is a lot of money, and well, Cap definitely deserves a lot of that money. But there is a lot of turmoil with Andrew Wiggins. Well, Wiggins and Towns, they've always had the talent, been the best players on their team, so they haven't had to work hard as Jimmy Butler has. And so. they're all so really young and stupid. And I don't think... I don't know about stupid. Not, stu- not stupid <laughs> but... in the sense of they're just... You know, they got a young mind, yeah. and they're just, and I don't, Andrew Wiggins' brother calling out Jimmy Butler after he, didn't he really said call that, him not out, calling but... him out, but saying hallelujah, I mean, that's just, why would, that's just one of the dumbest things, like, I mean, Andrew Wiggins' brother It's no secret that. that Wiggins and Butler haven't got along. Yeah, I and, agree. And it's no secret that Towns and Butler haven't got along, so. Yeah. I mean, I think... This, there's a lot. I just think about before the season, I thought the Timberwolves were going to be, like, after they got Jimmy Butler, this is going to be, be a top team because they also got Taj Gibson, who's a really good, proven rotation player. When he starts, he's been proving himself. And I had, like, a lot of expectations for the Timberwolves going into the season. Well, the their well, biggest or, problem is floor spacing for one, and uh, their front office isn't that. Great. And there's a lot of different. There, I mean, there's a, a multiple other teams other than the Clippers, Nets, and Knicks that also have. There's a possibility of. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler has no say in where he gets traded. It's just no. those are the three teams that he would uh, be willing to sign. I mean, as far as we know, right now, Pat Riley and the Heat have been the most. Who have been working. The most hard to get find a way to get Jimmy Butler. Um, I actually wrote down two of my favorite trades for Jimmy Butler. The first one is to the Clippers, and I like it for both sides. It's Jimmy Butler for Tobias Harris, Jerome Robinson, and Patrick Beverly. Which, if Timberwolves got Tobias Harris, he's a proven shooter. He's got better Which every single something. year. He's his, gotten, he, that's true. His he's scoring has improved every single year. He's up to, he was at the 20s at the Clippers last year. He's a knockdown three-point shooter, and that is something that the Timberwolves desperately need. And he really plays both sides of the four. But that three-point shooting is definitely something that he's definitely a really good Timberwolves fit, need. Uh, next to Carl Patrick Jones. Beverly brings defense, and he's also a decent three-point shooter as well. Andrew and Robinson's a young, young player like shooter him. that can develop. And the other uh, trade would be to the Wizards, which this would definitely be a big risk on uh, the Wizards' side. It's not very likely to happen, probably, but it'd be Jimmy Butler and Gorgie Jang for Otto Porter 
Markeith Morris, and then possibly a first-round pick. And I like it for the Timberwolves because for they Timberwolves, get, they're getting a proven rotation player. Well, Otto Porter is also one of the best three-point shooters in the league and an awesome defender. The best, one of the best three and D players that the NBA has. Mar- Markeith Morris again, he's a great uh, three-point shooter. Played good next to Carl. Towns. Really good rotation player who could offer a lot. And Washington Wizards, uh, there's obviously been some rumblings about Bradley Bill and John Wall get, not getting along, so adding Jimmy Butler, who's possibly locker room cancer, not definitely, but possibly, could kind of uh, that's definitely make the a, chemistry. That's a pretty or, decent big three. Yeah, they, they would definitely be top uh, three or four in the East, no question about it. And uh, Yorgi Jing, that's a bad contract they'd have to take, but it'd be worth it for uh, Jimmy Butler get another proven star. I mean, and the Wizards get, I mean, Jang is a, I mean, when he starts, I mean, he's a good, he's a solid defensive um, player. He doesn't really offer much offense, but he can knock down, he can knock down, down, a, he can knock down a 15 to 20 footer. And uh, the NBA is a stars league anyway, so the more stars you have, the better you're going to be. Yeah. And they would have three all stars. I mean, ever since LeBron left, the East is really wide open. And, if the Wizards somehow got Jimmy Butler and Gorgie Jane, I think that's a pretty solid, I mean, could possibly contend for maybe a top three spot when the time the playoffs come around. But that's far away from now. So, another news with the NBA. There's also, they, yesterday they, they had their media day. And there was some serious, not, you know, there was some, Serious stuff, but there was also some really funny stuff. You have Enos Cantor from the New York Knicks saying, every time he thinks about the playoffs, that his nipples get hard. I thought that was the funniest quote I've ever... That's from an NBA player. That is one of the funniest things that I saw from yesterday. And, I mean, if I played for the Knicks, I guess my nipples would also get hard thinking about the playoffs because they've been many years of mediocrity. And... I, mean, I, I love Enos Kanter. Of course, he he's gonna be he's he played really good last year. I wish he got more minutes. I really do. Well, and his numbers would be a lot more offensively, would be if he got more especially minutes. on the post. He's one of the best in the league, and he's an awesome rebounder. It's just he is one of the worst defensive players he in the league. He does not play defense. And that's pop particularly because and he's he from Europe. In Europe, there's not a lot of defense, but I mean, definitely one of the best offensive power forward centers in the league. And I mean, and there's a new video clip uh, that just got released of him practicing his threes. If he can stretch the floor now, his game improves even that much more because mm-hmm. he is no floor spacing. And there is also, you have Kawhi Leonard's laugh. Jesus Christ. I'm just saying. Why? You never that's heard Kawhi why, laugh like that in San Antonio. <laughs> never. I mean, that's, I mean... That's probably another reason why he never laughed is because he laughs like that. I swear, that was top three worst laughs I've ever. I loved it. I heard watched the clip over time. and over. I have to admit though, when I saw Kawhi Leonard in a Spurs jersey, and I Raptors. am a, when I saw Kawhi Leonard in a Raptors jersey, and I'm a Spurs fan. I'm actually a Raptors fan, so that just broke my heart seeing Kawhi Leonard in. A Raptors jersey and Kawhi Leonard. I think, I think one hundred percent Toronto won that trade, no doubt. If I, I love the trade, they're getting. It, it was a while ago, they're get, but they're also getting. You know, they're getting Kawhi Leonard, who's 
when he's healthy, he's a top five player in the league. They're getting a proven defender in Danny Green. Our defensive lineup with uh, Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, OG Ananobi, Kawhi Leonard, and uh, Sergi Baca, that, that's one of the best lineups in the league as far as defense goes. And I think, you know, if Kawhi Leonard does 100% come back healthy and he's the player that he was before he had um, – before he had all those injuries last year, the Raptors are going to be tough to beat. And I think him and Lowry are going to be a pretty tough duo. I think that's going to, honestly going to be a better duo than Lowry and DeRozan. Yeah, DeRozan doesn't offer much floor spacing. Because he can't really shoot. I mean, he's a good mid-range shooter, but he can't really shoot the three, and Kawhi can't. The Spurs are going to shoot the most mid-range by any team next year, and it's especially not even close. With, with, especially with DeRozan and LaMarcus. With Marcus Aldridge and DeJounte Murray, they're just going to chuck up a bunch of mid-rangers. Right. And see I if think, it's going to work. I don't know... I don't know how San Antonio's going to do. I mean, DeRozan is... He's a solid player, and he's definitely a top 15 player in the league. I, just, I, that's, I don't think so. It's arguable. Yeah. Top 20, either, definitely. Either way, I mean, that was a good pickup. And they got someone that's... I mean, I don't think he's as equal as Kawhi Leonard, but he's a pretty good pickup. And I think, you know, Spurs are... You know, they already had a transition after Tim Duncan retired. They already had to. And then now they're going through another transition period where they don't have Manu Ginobili. They don't have Tony Parker. They don't have Kawhi Leonard. They don't have Danny Green. They don't have all these players that they had before. And... They're going through this period that's com- that they haven't gone through in a very long time. Probably since the, before the Spurs drafted Tim Duncan. And, uh, I mean, I don't think they're going to be as bad as that team before... They're not going to be as bad as that team before they... The Spurs before they drafted Tim Duncan. But they're definitely going through... Kind of a rough stretch, and there's there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uncertainty into the future. But they could still easily be a playoff team, or they they might not. Oh, the, the West the West has is ten eleven teams deep that can make the playoffs. Right. So uh, it's not definite they're going to make the playoffs, but they're still in contention. I I believe they probably should have traded Kawhi to rebuild though, maybe to the Sixers get Markel Fultz or something. But I As understand a, I understand it's Popovich's last little stretch, and he's not going to want to rebuild. He's going to want to. Try to win while he's still as, coaching. As Spurs fan, I am kind of worried what happens after Popovich. I'm I am really worried. You you're gonna have two thirty year old superstars who can't shoot. I mean, and only young people shall really have that. Lamarcus Aldridge is not getting any younger. He's oh. he's going. He's thirty three right now, and he's he's turns thirty four next year. He's not getting any younger. Wow, he's thirty three and he turns thirty four next year. <laughs> Who would have guessed? <laughs> Shut up. But, um, I mean, DeRozan is a couple years off from hitting 30. I think he's 28. He's 28. Uh, Patrick Mills is 30. I mean, there's just a lot of uncertainty. Only two pieces, young pieces that they have to build around is DeJounte Murray and uh, Jakob Hurdle, but it's not like either of those will be superstars. Which I think, I think Jakob Hurdle, I think he, I think that was a good, uh, another good pickup for San Antonio because. He resembles Pau Gasol. He does, and I think under Pau Gasol, and I think under the Spurs organization, I think it can really blossom into a. 
I don't know if he's going to be as good as Pau Gasol, but no, I think... I wouldn't say that either, because Pau Gasol is multiple-time All-Star. Yeah. But he, Pau Gasol is one of the best, and I think Pearl definitely has the potential to reach that. So, another thing, you know, over the summer, LeBron left Cleveland again went to Los Angeles, which... Wasn't a shocker. I think pretty much everyone was expecting that. I don't think anyone really expected him to go to another team. So we look at the Lakers. I think this Lakers team is definitely a million times better than what he had in Cleveland. Because you look at the Lakers, he has Kyle Kuzma. He has Brandon Ingram. He has Lonzo Ball, which I, I do not like Lonzo Ball. But they still have him, who which... He He's a good young piece. He, ten or ten, seven and seven, whatever he averaged last year. That's super def, good he, for a rookie. Yeah, and he's he's definitely going to be helping LeBron. And they also have they picked up JaVel McGee. They picked up Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo. It's uh, it's a different Michael team Beasley. than LeBron's ever played with. Instead of having a bunch of three point shooter that LeBron throws it out to, instead he has a bunch of playmakers now, which means LeBron isn't going to have to do as much offensively. And he said he he said a couple things. Um, yesterday at their media day that kind of that I called bullshit on which is that a reporter asked LeBron at this point in his career is there any pressure and he said there's nothing well he he said there was nothing that creates pressure and to me that's just absolute BS because you look at past with Los Angeles you look at Wilt Chamberlain, who went to the Lakers late into his career. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Abdul. Who went to L.A. late, not later in his career, but, you know, after multiple years in Milwaukee, he went to L.A. You just look at these different players in Shaq, too. You just, they've all found success. To be fair, Kareem only won, or he wasn't winning with LA until he got magic but he did get magic and he did win but and they they all found success and I think with Los Angeles when you're a player with such a high caliber as LeBron there has to be some sort of pressure going into the season about making it to the finals again and I just it's hard for me to believe that he doesn't feel any pressure. Yeah, if he doesn't win a championship, he'll be the only like second big-time superstar to be in L.A. and not win a championship, and that's with Elgin Baylor, who averaged like 38-18 one year. Nobody talks about him because he never won. He was like 0-8 oh in the finals. Which wasn't it ESPN that had Lakers not making the playoffs? It was Kevin Peltman from ESPN. but, but I mean... I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's a guarantee that they make the playoffs. I think they'll make the playoffs, but their road to getting to the finals is going to be tough. I have no way they make the finals. Because either way, in the second round, they might have to be even playing either the Warriors or the Rockets. And there's also good other uh, teams that are have a good chance of beating the Lakers. Denver's on the up and up. Minnesota, depending on who they get. Are, they're still on the up and up because of Cat. Thunder still have the Thunder Russell still Westbrook. have Russell Westbrook, and they still have 
Paul George. Um, yeah, Paul George, and they got Dennis Schroeder over the offseason, which was, I think that's going to help him out a lot as far as offense. As, and, uh, Portland Utah, still has an all-star backcourt. Utah, Utah Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Yep, and there, there's just multiple teams in the West that can have the potential to knock off L.A. Not to so, mention, you, you have bottom teams like Memphis, if they stay healthy. Marcus Gasol, Jaron Jackson, the rookie, that was, Mike that's, Conley. That was Memphis's problem last year was staying healthy. Well, yeah, they wouldn't have been that bad without it, uh, without all the injuries. Dallas, who knows how good Luka's going to be and DeAndre Jordan. They, I they definitely think the duo of Donkic and Dennis Smith Jr., I think that down the road when they really mature as players and they come to their own as NBA players, I think that's going to be – one of the best backcourt duos in the NBA. I agree. Because Luka Doncic, I was watching some of his highlights and look, just looking at his stats. He can, That dude can play. No, And, and no, he's going to be a really good player in the NBA. Yeah, no one else has won a Euro MVP that age and led his team to a championship. He's one of the best prospects, probably the best foreign prospect ever. And to go along with Dallas, and Dirk Nowitzki might be coming off the bench. Oh, he, he is coming off the bench. He's like even in uh, an interview the other day, he uh, said that he's played center the last three years because he can't move like most power forwards nowadays. And with the signing of DeAndre Jordan, there's no room for both of them to start. So, yeah. So, Christoph Porzingis, he tore his ACL back in February. He just came out and said that. It's not his decision on when he returns that they're still going to do tests on his left leg and that they're going to need solid proof that for him in order to come back. And Christoph Porzingis, the past couple of years, he has had multiple problems with injuries. And the thing is, when you're such a tall player, he's 7'3", 7'4", you have to watch out for that, especially his knee. And Yao Ming had problems. Yao Ming was on another level of height, though. He was. But, you know, just going... Both super tall. Yeah. And... Any tall person like that. And I think the approach that the Knicks are taking with Perzing's um, torn ACL, I think they're it's definitely smart for what they're doing. I don't have... I don't see the Knicks like... I'm sure they're going to play him around January February. But I, there's no reason why they should rush him back. And if he doesn't play this year, it's not a big deal. Cause I just think, I mean, as long as um, Porzingis is out, it just gives time for rookies like Kevin Knox to try to get assimilated into the NBA game. Well, that and by the time Porzingis comes back, unless they rush him back, which would just which screw him over for the do. future. But by the time he comes back, the Knicks are probably going to be out of the playoff race by a decent amount. So why bring him back too early and risk another injury or furthering Just let the injury? younger players kind of develop and, you know, Porzingis gets back when he Get gets back. Get another top draft pick. So you mean, yeah. I mean, this year's draft just, class is pretty weak, but just, why not get Build as pick? much as you can until, you know, you feel like you can make the playoffs because I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. No. Even with... I mean, if Porzingis was healthy, it would be possible, but... Yeah, but I mean, unless unless we they, don't they even make know a trade if he's for Jimmy be... Butler, if they make a trade for Jimmy Butler, yeah, that that would help out a lot. Go, go on and bring him back. Yeah, I mean Porzingis. I mean, I mean, who's to say if he comes back, he's gonna be still be the same player? I'm sure. Well, most people don't. 
I mean, not play the same after one ACL tear. It's if they tear repeatedly, which is very possible. Right. ACL tears, once they're torn, they tend to tear more often. Mm-hmm. And you also have DeMarcus Cousins, who had, you know, one of the toughest injuries an athlete can ever come back from, which is in a torn Achilles. And yesterday at the Pel- uh not the Pelicans, the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors media day, he said that, you know, he was feeling a lot better, but there's still no timetable for his return. And I think, I mean, if I were to set a timetable, it, I mean... It'd probably be around All-Star break for me. That's what I would Around February? Yeah. That's around when he tore it, give it a, give him about a it's year. It's usually though. about a year, for especially for that kind of injury. Yeah. Maybe even more. Which, and that's, again, you know, it's one of the toughest to come back from for an, any athlete from that a torn Achilles. But if he comes back even... 75 to 80 percent of what he was that's still going to be a very deadly that's still a top warriors team five-ish center in the league and that's still the top the probably the best lineup the nba has ever seen mm-hmm. especially with steph curry clay thompson kevin durant Jamon green demarcus cousins five all-stars i mean i don't think there's any lineup that nba had has ever seen before Mm-mm. Not even close. And I, I mean, you think about it. This Warriors team, you're not going to be able to double team anybody because if you leave Draymond Green wide open, he'll more than likely he's going to knock down a three. He's not a great three point shooter, but when he's open, he can hit it. Demarcus Cousins is coming to his own he as can a shoot. three point shooter, so you can't. I mean, Clay Thompson is streaky, but there's games where he'll just absolutely go off. What are you he's, talking about? He's, he's like he is he's a top five three point shooter in the league. He is, but there's also games. Yeah, you find where he's he'll a top go, three shooting he'll guard go. in the league, top five, probably I top. Mean, he's probably go. the second best three point shooter. If in the you league. look at past years with Clay Thompson, there are games where he'll go off for fifty to sixty points, and then a couple games after he'll score like thirteen points. That's because he doesn't need well. to score. Because look at who's around him; he doesn't have to shoot that much every game. And when he when when he's shooting, he doesn't even shoot that well in the games after. I'm just saying. Clay Thompson. Well, not not everybody's going to be on every single night. And he's, you can't, you just, the point is you just can't double team anybody. Mm -hmm. Because Kevin Durant's a knockdown shooter. Steph Curry, one of the best shooters, probably the best shooter in NBA history. Easily, in my opinion. And you just, this Warriors team. Kevin Durant, one of the best offensive players ever. you, You just, you are not going to be able to. Guard double team, and you're not gonna. It's gonna be such a tar- hard team to guard. There seems to be a rumor going around though that people believe that Cousins is just gonna be back for the off season, which is completely untrue. Demarcus talked about it, and their GM Bob Myers talked about it at media day that uh, Demarcus is not just there for the off season. He's gonna get some playing time this uh, regular season, and they're gonna want him for the regular season, not just I mean, the postseason. Let's not forget that Demarcus Cousins is also a really good passer. Oh, yeah. And he can he averaged go off five assists last year. He also averaged five turnovers, but well, I mean, the ball was in his hand so much. Yeah, and I mean, that's just when it comes down to the clutch in the NBA playoffs. That's I don't think there's any team that's going to be able to beat him. I don't think so either. It's just going to be tough. And then you have Kyrie Irving on media day saying if. The Boston Celtics played 
the Warriors in a seven-game series that Boston would win. I'm not taking away from Boston. They're going to be a really good team next year. Yeah, Scary Terry, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward's going to be back. We don't know how good he's going to be, but he's going to be back nonetheless. Jason Tatum's only going to get better. Uh, Jalen Brown's only going to get better. Al Horford, he's he's getting a little bit older, but he's still an effective player. And they still have a solid bench with Marcus Smart, too. I mean, can't take that away from Boston. But still, I do not know if they can even handle the Golden State Warriors. I mean, I don't think they can, but if I'm a Celtics fan especially, I like that Kyrie said that. I like that he has confidence. I do like the confidence. I think You don't want him to go out there and say, no, if we play the Warriors, we're going to lose. I saw pictures of him side-by-side with Kobe, and they have Kyrie Irving has um, grown out in Afro. Yeah. Like a little small one that kind of resembles Kobe, but... Mamba mentality. <laughs> but, I mean, this Boston team is probably going to be number one in the East next year. They're, uh, there's they're probably going to make that, the There's conference. three teams that are I mean, like I it. said earlier, I mean, just with LeBron leaving the East. I wouldn't put Celtics, Raptors, or Sixers. I wouldn't put either one of them above the other mm-hmm. of, like, chances to make the finals. Yeah, with, and like I said, with LeBron leaving the East, it just leaves the East so wide open. And you just never know. So, all right. On the next segment, we have a lot of NFL to go over, Gavin. And thank you guys for listening to this first segment. Back on the second segment of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. So, like I said, a lot happened in the NFL. Lots of good games. And particularly... A really good game was the Saints and Falcons. Fantastic game. Went down to the overtime. Ended up being 43-37. Drew Brees, at 39 years old, proved that he can still be the best quarterback in the league, going 39 for 49, 396 yards, three TDs, and also two yards, I mean, uh, two Rushing touchdowns. I, I wouldn't get ahead of myself. I wouldn't say best quarterback in the league, but I mean, he's still proof. I mean, he, he's he proved definitely yesterday. a good quarterback, but I wouldn't say best. I mean, he still yesterday he still proved that he can Sunday. still contend with the best quarterbacks in the league. I'll put it that way. And Matt Ryan had a really decent, like a really good game. He went 26 for 35. He had 374 yards with five TDs. And the rookie, Calvin Ridley, broke out for um, a really solid game with seven catches, 146 yards, and also three touchdowns. So he really... He's going to be really good. He's going to be really good, and he's going to be fit really well with this Falcons offense. Um, that was, like I said, that was a solid game, and it was a really fun game to watch. And there was also last night's game, which I watched it, and the Buccaneers and Steelers, Fitzmagic, looked like he was going to run out of of the magic. Playing with people's hearts. He was, was, at one point before the end of the second half, he was 9 through 17. He only had like 113 yards, and he had a touchdown and 13, not 13, he had three interceptions. And granted, one of them wasn't really his fault. 
but the other two could have been avoided. And it very well looked like a little bit of the magic that he had through those first two games was, sadly enough, he just went back to being good old Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, Harvard Fitzpatrick. (laughs) And uh, he just... And then the second half, the Steelers were up big. They were up 30 to... 10 at one point or even 30 to 7 and Jesus Christ Ryan Fitzpatrick just went off in the second half and he still finished with over 400 yards and three touchdowns like and it's hard for me thinking about it who should start Jameis or Fitzpatrick and it's obvious to me you know Fitzpatrick can turn it on when he wants and he still has the hot hand, in my opinion. And I think that, you know, going forward, until Fitzpatrick goes to back, you know, back to his old, goes back to old Ryan Fitzpatrick, you still keep riding on his hot hand. I mean, we touched on this a little bit last week, but don't change the starting quarterback if he's giving you 400 yards a night. It's... I mean, I have a question. How many 400-yard games does Jameis Winston have? I mean, out of a lot. Exactly. And you have, he's the, uh, Brian Fitzpatrick is the first player in the NFL history for three straight games to throw for over 400 yards. And he's just playing, he's still playing out of his mind. Not really much in the first half, but in the second half, he really turned it on. Um, I'm guessing, is he leading the league in passing yards right now? I think he is. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has the most touchdowns right now. And we'll touch on that later. But, like I said, man, I mean, Fitzpatrick still has it. I mean, it's hard. I mean, they're 2-1 and right now, and they're playing the Bears next week, which that's going to be a little bit of a tough game because of the Bears' defense. But, like, you know, you just have to keep riding the hot hand until, you know, that hot hand just runs out. And... It looked like that was probably gonna be this week, but I mean, he's still giving you four hundred yards. Fitzmagic stays alive for Fitzmagic stays for at least another week and see what happens. And uh, so, like I said, that was a really good game. Big Ben had a really solid game, going thirty for thirty-eight. Which he he's, had, he's been putting up big numbers this year as well. Yeah, he has. He's played really well. Hasn't translated to the win column, but no. But uh, he had three hundred fifty-three yards passing. He also threw. Three touchdowns, and <laughs> Big Ben is still, I would say, you know, a top five quarterback in the league right now. I would not. You I, wouldn't? Mm-mm. I don't think it's... I think if you're going for... Starter-wise, he's probably... Almost every... I mean, almost every single both. game, I think he'll give you it his all, and I think the Steelers... Uh, he's every still got an awesome game. arm, but... He shows he can't move at all. He plss. that's never there, really a, been him though. I know, but I'm just saying he's he, tall. He can't, he, he and can't he's move the toughest. At all, and he throws a whole lot of interceptions. He's he. I mean, he, he's tended he's tended to do that the last couple I of mean, years. He's very prone to interceptions. And he did have an awesome game uh, this last week versus. He the only threw one interception this game. But I mean, I still think. I mean, you put Roethlisberger on any team, that team is always going to compete. And 
The Steelers, I still think they're going to be able to compete with everybody. You're telling me, which the Bills did blow out Vikings, no one, no one was going to expect that. But no you're one te- expected you're, you're that. telling me you put Roethlisberger on the Bills. They're going to be. They're, I mean, they're. I think they're contending for the playoffs. They're not going to be going for a championship, but they're still going to be contend a lot better with other teams than, uh, who with Nathan Peterman, Josh Allen, and jo- I mean. I mean, even if he was on the Bills, I mean, with the kind of... You have LaShawn McCoy, who's... I think he's injured right now. But and you also have some younger players. And they have quality receivers. I'm still kind of blown away you're saying he's top five. I, I still think he is. All right. Who's he better than out of this list? Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Elthor and Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, and... Jared Goff. Who's or Russell he, Wilson. Who's he better yeah, than? Yeah. He's better, I would take him over Russell Wilson. You would take Ben Roethlisberger over Russell Wilson? 100%. Oh, you're crazy. I would. No. Russell Wilson right, has... Would you rather have Roethlisberger or Cam Newton? Roethlisberger. Oh, man. You're, no. I, I'm not saying that because I know you're a Panthers fan. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, just, not even saying I'm just that. saying He's... if I want my team to win and get it... Cam Newton had that really good 2015, 2015 season, you know, NFL MVP. That was just one season. If you look at the other seasons, it hasn't really been translated still, to multiple wins. Yeah, he's still we, a solid he's quarterback. Every, he's made playoffs five of the last six seasons. The NFC I, South has been pretty decent. And they, Saints, they, they did make Buccaneers a Super Bowl that one year, and he kind of choked in the Super Bowl. Grand, I mean, like... Denver had a really good defense that year, number one. But, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger has championship rings to back up. And I still he think does have championship if, I rings, want, but... if I want the experience and if I want 100% well, Big no, Ben I'm only has be... one ring, doesn't he? He has two. Does he? Yeah, yeah, I believe he has two. And I'm just saying, if I want long-term, like, I know plus, I'm going to be able 30, to make the playoffs. 36-year-old like, Big Ben is definitely way different than what he was when he won the his ring. Yeah, but, I mean, I still... I mean, like I said, if if I'm looking at just consistent making playoffs and having the potential to go far into the playoffs every single year in, year out... I think the only reason he's done that, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is obviously awesome. I, I would go, I mean, I mean, I still, too, but I would still go with Roethlisberger. That's just the team around him. No, you you cannot take him over Russell Wilson. I, I would take one hundred percent take him over Russell Wilson. I think you, you Russell, act like Wilson, Russell Wilson hasn't won. He's won a ring. He has the championship. He has, but you look at other, I mean, he's look at other years. You're saying Ben Roethlisberger hasn't had any years where he didn't make the playoffs. Well, yeah, he has, but. A lot less than uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, he's Russell Wilson's more... only been in the league like not that long, six years, something like that. And he's made it at least three or four of them. I mean, those are just random numbers, but I mean, I mean they did win the Super Bowl. But to be fair, that really wasn't all Russell Wilson. You remember Seattle was the Legion of Boom. So I'm, I'm just. I would still take Roethlisberger. But you're saying the reason why Pittsburgh's in contention every year is not because of the fact that they have Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell or anything. It's because I mean, they have Ben Roethlisberger. I think so. 
I think uh, Roethlisberger made Antonio Brown better. I think he's Roethlisberger's made, a good quarterback, but he's not top five in the league. He's right now. made. I think. I mean, he's made. I think he's made Antonio Brown better receiver than people thought he was going to be. I think he's made Le'Veon Bell a better all right, all right, all right. running I got you, back. I got you five. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, right? You're taking them over at Roethlisberger, right? I would take Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Tom Brady yes. over Aaron. Uh, all right, Carson Wentz. I think at this point right now, I would still take Roethlisberger. All right, Drew Brees. Roethlisberger. No, oh, you're out of your mind. You're saying he's like top three in the league then. I mean, Drew Brees. Andrew Luck. I would take Roethlisberger over Andrew Luck oh, right now. Oh, you're crazy. Andrew Luck right, has right, not right, looked right, that right. good. I got you. You can't. Joe Flacco. <laughs> I would have to take Joe Flacco right. over Roethlisberger. You take Joe Flacco over everybody. Joe Flacco's elite. Yeah. <laughs> you're saying so I don't know you're saying just, right now that he is top three in the you're saying he's a top three quarterback in the NFL right now saying it goes Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and then Roethlisberger a top five Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady I would put Ben Roethlisberger in there mm-hmm. and I would put Here's some other quarterbacks I'm trying to think. My top five would be Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz, Andrew Russell Luck Wilson. is not a top five quarterback. If he is healthy, he is. I don't know. He, I mean, he hasn't been healthy, but when healthy, Andrew Luck is top five. I think even when he's healthy, I don't think he's top five. You were crazy. That I, that Colts team a couple years back, they had no one, and he, he drug them to the playoffs. Drug them and, single-handedly. I mean, the Chiefs kind of choked. They had a big lead against them. Or Andrew Luck just put it on them. I still, like, even when he's healthy, I don't think Andrew Luck is a top five quarterback in the league. Nah, he is. Look at it, Seth. That man's, that man's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Anyways. <laughs> so, we had the Bills and Vikings, which, Jesus. You know, you know, last week we were talking about, oh, yeah. Vikings it, are going to win that for sure. Kirk Cousins is just going to go... All fun. Last week, the Vikings-Bills, that would have been my lock for a team to win. The Vikings over them. And you just have Kirk Cousins, who threw a lot. He threw 55 times, but he only got 296 yards off of it. And he only threw for uh, for a touchdown. He didn't even have a touchdown, I don't think. Josh Allen had a pretty decent game. No, he game. didn't have a touchdown. Josh Allen, I think... He had two rushing touchdowns and a throwing touchdown. And, and I think, you know, yeah, I think Josh Allen definitely solidified him as... The starter for the rest of the season, and he sure is a hell of a lot better than um, than Nathan Peterman. Which again, Nathan I said Peterman this last should not week. Be on NFL field. No, he should not. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'll go back to what I said last week. What the hell were the Bills thinking by starting Nathan Peterman over Josh Allen? Maybe he was blackmailing their coach or something. Because. <laughs> No way that they thought that that would have been a better decision. Well, Nathan Peterman, he was a solid quarterback at Pitt, at Pitt in college, but that doesn't mean start him week one. I, I just don't know. I, I think the Bills would definitely, they would be starting A.J. McCarron if he didn't get hurt, but I think Josh Allen definitely, like I said, just solidified him as a starter for the rest of the season. I don't understand the thought process of if you take a quarterback in the top ten, why not play them their first year unless you already have a great quarterback 
uh, to a little more under for the first couple of years, just like Alex Smith, uh, Patrick Mahomes not playing over uh, Alex Smith. But if not, I why not Dallas just let them play? Unless they're more. obviously just completely not ready, why not play them? Let them get experience. Mm-hmm. Let them grow. I think what well, I think... Alex Smith starting over Patrick Holmes last year was just kind of a learning experience. That's what I'm just saying. Unless him. unless there's a good quarterback in front of him to learn under, like Alex Smith, why not? I I I don't understand it. Why hasn't Josh Rosen been starting? Why hasn't Josh? Do Allen you think started? that brings up another question? Do you think Josh Rosen? He, kind he of so what? Do you think he's a starter squad. the rest of the season? Oh yeah, Sam Bradford has played awful. The Cardinals aren't playing for anything. They're already on three. They don't have that great of a roster. Do you think they can turn around with Frozen? Be a playoff team, no. But they might be able to get a couple wins. It depends on how good Josh Rosen actually is. We we barely got to see him. He came in the last couple of minutes, only threw seven times. Yeah, he had. He threw it uh, seven times, completing it three. Three to four times he only had, had like 36 nice yards run. passing. He had that pretty nice run also, for 12 yards. He also had, um, he, had a, he threw an interception, which kind of was costly towards the end. But the Bears also have are growing as the top, one of the top defenses in the league, especially with Khalil Mack. So going back to Mahomes, had another fantastic, awesome game. He had 314 yards passing, and he threw for another three touchdowns. He has the record for most touchdowns thrown in the first three games of an NFL season with 13. He had more than... He also has zero interceptions, right? Zero interceptions. And let's not forget that Patrick Mahomes has thrown a lot. Let's also not forget and that the man's has, only 23 years old. Yeah. And he had more touchdowns through the first three games than Peyton Manning did when he uh, Peyton Manning had a monster 2013 season when he threw it for 55 touchdowns. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. That's the is, most ever in a season, isn't it? Fifty. Yeah, fifty-five. And I think. I mean, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is going to keep hot or if he is eventually going to get cold. But if he keeps hot, I mean, he's on the pace for possibly breaking it. I mean, do you think so? I don't think he will. I think he will cool down. But it it's still crazy to see a second-year player, almost like a, a first-year player, because he only played one game last year, which but, was the last game of the season. But he played, still played okay. He had like 200 yards and mm-hmm. an interception, no touchdowns. But, yeah. Uh, the fact that he, I mean, I think... The fact that a second-year player is playing like this is just crazy. And he has zero interceptions. I think that's just... He's well, protecting we seen, the We've seen Jared Goff take that step, though, in his second Jared year. Jared Goff did. Carson Wentz. I think he's definitely... Yeah, look at Jared Goff, who had a terrible rookie year. He only had... He only completed 50... 56% of his passes, and he threw five touchdowns and seven interceptions. And he, and then you look at his how much he improved his second season, where he was the main core of that offense and throwing twenty eight touchdowns and seven interceptions. I mean, still, that's just, still not that's the pace of what Mahomes is doing right now, though. Exactly, and I still, and you have players that go through a sophomore slump, but man, I Patrick Mahomes is going to be something special. I really do, and especially with that core that he has in Kansas City. Now, granted, Kareem Hunt has not looked good at all mm-hmm. for the first three games of the season. He wasn't what he was last year. But, I mean, still, he's a solid running back, and at, hopefully he turns it on. And if he does, I mean, that just makes that Kansas City team more dangerous than it already is with Patrick Mahomes. But you look at other pieces they have with Travis Kelsey and also Tyreek Hill, I, that's just that's, that's one of the best offensive cores in the league right now. 
And, and I still think the Rams are the best offensive core in the league. I mean, just up, up right. yeah. just looking at from top to bottom, Rams are definitely, I think, one of the, be- the best team in the NFL right now. Chiefs, they, they're playing awesome. Of course, like I've said, the Chiefs started off really good every single season. Let's see if they can continue it this year. But. And, you know, uh, the Chiefs played San Francisco, but it's <laughs> really, really sad news for San Francisco. You know, they were feeling, you know, last year they were feeling pretty good. He went 5-0 as a starter. They, I'm, you know, fans, Which, 49ers uh, fans were feeling pretty good. A team that had won, like, one or zero games before that. They only won, like, I think one game before one, that. Uh, I think they might have even won zero. It was one or zero. Yeah, but, I mean... Man, these fans, these, this the fans cannot catch a break at all. You just look at, you know, they gave them a, a five year over a hundred million dollar extension. Like you just remember, you like, put so much money into him, and you bank so much on him to have you know play like he was last season, and then he goes down with a torn ACL and MCL. Remember, like five years ago, though, when they had like two All Pro caliber quarterbacks and Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick, and then they trade Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick turns to crap real quick, and that's pretty funny. Now they're getting in. Now they're struggling. I don't. I don't even know who their backup is. Is it? Is it freaking? Uh, the guy that played at Iowa. It was like his. I can't remember his name, but I. I like. I don't even know the. I'll look it up. I. I don't even know who their backup is right now, and. Who you know, started for them last year before Jimmy G? It was the same. I think it was. I like, typed in Forty Niners. First thing that pops up is backup quarterback. Yep, right there. C J. I knew his name was C J. Um, but he started before. Uh, before Jimmy G got there. And, man, I just, you just had to feel, you know these 49ers fans are just feeling absolute heartbreak. And I think they were expecting a salt, you know, them to be a decent team, especially with Jimmy G. And just for him in the third game of the season to go out down with an injury like that, that's just got to be tough. And I know the... 49ers, I know they want to get better, but it's still going to be so tough. And this season is probably going to – it's more than likely going to be another down season for At the At least 49ers. they're going to get another top pick. To yeah, I mean – Get with their young core. Still bank on Jimmy G. I still think he can be yeah. a quality quarterback. Oh, yeah. It's just, he's still super young. I mean, he's still get, obviously going to be starting when he comes back because of his extension. I mean, you don't, don't give a player that type of money and not have him as your starter. So, I mean, again, that's just a lot of heartbreak for 49ers. And, you know, I think about what they need right now. They kind of need a solid running back because they're running. I mean, they don't have running backs are kind of unheard of. There's not that many running backs in the draft this year that are going to go that high. I mean, I'm just trying to think of what they really need. Always get another defensive end, but. Yeah. Hmm. So we have now, you know, last week in the predictions, I thought that the Patriots were going to go back pissed off after losing their first game of the season. And then they end up losing. They end up losing to the Lions, the Lions which was really unexpected for me. The Lions and, had looked awful at the beginning of the year. They did. And you have 
Tom Brady, who just had an awful game, 14 for 26, only had 133 yards through a touchdown and a pick. I, that's just not that's not normal Tom Brady, and I don't know if he's finally reaching that point in his career. Max Kellerman's been calling for him to go down the cliff. I saw that too. This <laughs> he's been calling it for years. Is, I mean, in your honest opinion, do you think Tom Brady is starting to take a downfall after a Patriots one and two start? I'm or do gonna, you think the Patriots what they usually do in the in previous years? They just you know they just turn it on. And this, you know, they definitely improve. But, in granted, Patriots are not at full health right now. Or and then they, Julian Edelman should be back. Is here soon. I'm not going to go too far to say that Tom Brady's hitting that downhill yet. I'm going to have to wait a couple weeks because I'm not going to call it and be wrong. I'm going to put my trust with Tom Brady. So Especially gonna, Bill, I mean, you can't. As, I don't as think awesome he can, as he's been throughout his career, I'm not going to say that he's not at that level anymore until he proves it over consecutive weeks that he's just not there. You know, I'm not one to ever bet against Tom Brady, especially when after coming back from that 28 to three deficit in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Tom Brady's the goat, and I, I seriously think that that oh, he's, think pro- so he's probably the, you know, the best quarterback of all time. Better than Brett Favre and Brett better than Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning, better than Joe Naismith. I I don't think necessarily he's most talented, but I think greatest means how good they were at their time, their accomplishments, the amount of times they've obviously won and stuff. The I think foot, it's everything I mean, together. Obviously, and Tom back Brady in the seventies, obviously back in the seventies and eighties, the NFL was much different than it is now, and I think I mean. Just, I mean, going back to how different it is, you just look at the all these roughing the passer calls. That, oh, I hate it. That, like, seriously, you, it's it's freaking football. You you have to, if a guy's throwing the ball, you have to try to get him down. That's that's the whole point of a freaking linebacker. You know what I mean? The whole point of a linebacker is to get either get to the you know to get to the um, quarterback or running back. And I just, you know, you're just expecting him to have a pillow. And when you tackle him, you just, you know, you just pick him up and put him on that pillow. Like that clip or that viral video. Yeah. yeah. You, you just, they're, this NFL is really babying this league. And there is, you can't even hit anybody anymore. And there's a lot of, like, um... The helmet to helmet hits. I understand taking that away. I understand that a little bit, but there's sometimes when they call it for targeting, but I don't think it really is. There's just sometimes. There's a lot of times when safeties and linebackers they have a lot of momentum going towards them, and especially in quarterbacks too. And sometimes when you have this the momentum, you don't you try to pull back, but you can't, and you just you end up having the helmet to helmet. And I just, they should, I mean, like I said, the helmet-to-helmet stuff I think is good because, you know, it's proven there's been players in the past that have had history of the 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 concussions and um, of having problems with their brain. And um, you just have to, and I know the NFL is worried about safety, but there's just a certain point where you just got to look at it and say, just, you just got to stop it. Just let 
players be players. And if there's, I mean, if it gets to the point where it's really bad, then you have to step in. But this is what happens when you let the NFL, you know, look at these things. But, you know, you just, you know, there's nothing that the players can really do about that. And Roger Goodell is going to do what he wants to do. So we have Carson Wentz coming back from his ACL injury. Looks pretty. He looked pretty solid. Yeah. Going for 25-37, 255 yards, and he had a touchdown and interception. I think he played about just as good as you expect a player coming back from that type of injury. You know. Yeah. yeah uh, obviously, solid he wasn't like Carson Wentz of last year, but... He's been out for he could definitely a year. Get, he definitely, he was, you know, a little rusty, but you know, I think he can definitely reach, you know, back to what he where he was yeah. last year. And the coach just did not, and uh, Andrew Luck did not look very good. Twenty five, um, for forty, one hundred sixty four yards. That, that's promising for the Colts, though, that they hung with the Eagles, and Andrew Luck did not play that great at all. That's very promising yeah. for the Eagles. And he's just—he's not really throwing that big. He was—he didn't throw in that game. He didn't really throw the the long ball. He just kind of just the short little passes, which that's also why he threw that many times and didn't have that much yardage. But you know, like I said, Wentz is—you know—he's—I think he's going to get back to where he was. And I still think the Phillies going to be, you know, a top team going into you know down the road once. Carson Wentz gets back into the thick of things. And one of the last things I want to talk about for the NFL is Baker Mayfield. You know, I said last week on the podcast, you just put in Baker. I mean, just put in Baker. Because Tyrod Taylor has not shown you anything. And I don't wish for injury on anybody, but... Tyrod Taylor getting a concussion or whatever he got was maybe have been a busting in disguise for right. the Browns. Because once the, and Baker Mayfield played as good as you could expect from a rookie playing in his first game. Went 17 of 23. It's a pretty good per, um, completion percentage. He had 201 yards. He didn't have any touchdowns, but he did have that catching touchdown that got him the lead. And he just you could just tell once they put in Baker, their offense... It just moved a lot more smoother, and they were actually moving the ball. And he looked really good, and, I, you know, he's their starter now. And I think that was a very good decision by Cleveland. Well, it wasn't really much of a decision, but are you saying the uh, making him the permanent starter? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he Like you said, he did about as good as a rookie quarterback can do. Gabe Brown's their first win in over a year. And ex- Which is I mean, crazy. I mean, I was telling you this just to put that in you know a little bit in perspective. The Browns did not win a game since our junior year of high school, and we are freshmen in college now. So that's just that's just crazy to think about. And I think Baker Mayfield. I think the Cleveland is going to win. They're going to win multiple. More Not games. to mention Baker Mayfield outplayed Sam Darnold. Um, you look at. He did, and Sam Darnold did not have a good game. Going 15-31, to 31, he had 164 yards, and he threw a pick. And, man, I just... Threw two interceptions. Yeah, two interceptions. And Baker Mayfield, I just think, you know, Jarvis Landry was a lot better. 
he looks more comfortable with they Baker Mayfield. They do have a lot of pieces. And, you know, getting rid of Flash Gordon might have been you know, probably a good decision on their part considering his history. I mean, the Patriots didn't even use him against the Lions. So what we said last week about Josh Gordon might not even being on the Patriots roster might be true in the next couple it of weeks. It also takes but, a while for people to get situated. That's true, and we'll and see stuff. what happens with that. But like I said, just be, you know, I, my bold prediction right now for the NFL is expect the Browns to win more games. Nothing and be that bold. Be, well, I mean, expect... They have a lot of winnable Expect games. them to be in the contention for playoffs. Because I, 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 think, I think Baker Mayfield is a winner. Uh, he definitely wants to win. And with the pieces that he has with Carlos Hyde, Jarvis Landry, um, Najoku, I think those pieces are really good. I don't know. Who in the their division between the Bengals, Ravens, See, that's and See, that's such a tough decision because out of all of them, the Ravens are, gonna, are they, doing they, the best. And the Ravens are not even that good of a team. They would have to be at least the second team to... Realistically, yeah. make the playoffs, and the Bengals. Is it super unrealistic the for the one division to make it? Bengals lost to the Panthers, and like I said, you never want to get your hopes up. And I never, I did not with the Bengals this year. They start out two and zero, good start, and then they just have Andy throwing four picks. He still had, uh, <laughs> even with those picks, he still had a solid game. He went twenty nine forty six. He had three hundred and he had over three hundred yards passing. And he threw uh, two or three touchdowns. I mean, he still had a decent game with those interceptions. But he still threw four picks. And Giovanni Bernard didn't look all that good. He had 12 carries, 61 yards. I mean, that's okay. But And then uh, Tyler Boyd kind of had a breakout game a little bit. But, I mean... Like I said, I mean, Cam I Cam Newton looked really good, and so did Cam, Carolina's defense. Um, Christian McCaffrey your boy, looked your boy, awesome. Your boy, Christian McCaffrey looked, looked awesome. really good. And, man, I don't know. <sighs> judging Actually, that, that was judging the... from how much you know about the Panthers, do you think they have a chance of going far? I think there's a chance we make the playoffs. I think the out of the – right now, the NFC South has probably been the best division – between Buccaneers, Saints, Falcons, and Panthers, I agree with that. I I think two I think two of the teams at least get in. Uh, three would be super unrealistic, and obviously four is impossible. I mean, if Christian McCaffrey but, can keep playing and complimenting Cam Newton, and you know Christian McCaffrey almost had two hundred yards rushing, that's incredible. And I like like I said, if he keeps playing like the keep playing that he doesn't have the average. That much yardage, but if he can get close to that, like oh, like a hundred yards a game, and he still compliments Cam Newton and helps out Cam Newton when he needs it, I think that's gonna be. I mean, I think Carolina's gonna be a tough. Right, team to right now, I would predict the Saints to win the division, and then I think and the then Saints Falcons win the or Panthers. I can't, I can't really choose right now between the Falcons and Panthers who would get the playoff. To be fair, the Falcon and Matt Ryan has looked better this year than he did last year. He, I mean, he threw five touchdowns. I mean. The Falcons yeah, are really. also one and two right now, though. And just, I mean, their course, Super Bowl year win is against the Panthers. Their Super Bowl year, they want they went eleven and five. So I mean, I definitely think the Falcons can turn it around, and I think they have a pretty good. He has a pretty good core with Julia, uh, uh, Julio Jones, and I think Calvin Ridley. Ridley is only going to get better. While we're talking about playoff predictions, let's just get into the predictions for this week's games. For this week's games, well. 
Well, we're going to start by saying our record from last week, which neither of us chose too hot. I went 8 of 8. 50% is not too great. <laughs> I went and, 7 of 9, yep. which I we almost... Below the 500. It's a little bit below. It's a little bit... Neither one of us did that great. Like, so. like the like the the Bengals usually are. Hopefully, we'll do better this week. Yeah, and I, you know, seven and nine. There's games that we couldn't have predicted, like Vikings and the, Bills. Like the Bills completely just shutting the Vikings down on offense, but no one could have expected that. But I don't think anyone was expecting Lions over Pat. So either, but. this week's games: Vikings at Rams. That's a Thursday night game, and I <laughs> Rams one hundred percent. I think Vikings definitely play better than they did last week, but yeah, I, I may go. Rams. I think they'll. I mean, I think they'll contend, but I still think it's just gonna be so. It's so tough to beat that Rams offense, and especially with all the weapons they have, I still think Rams are gonna stay undefeated. All right. Bengals versus Falcons. Falcons. Yeah, Falcons. That's easy. Especially at especially at Atlanta. Those Bengals, they're awful. I mean, the Bengals. <laughs> you know, they they looked good two and zero, and then Andy had to throw four interceptions. So, I mean, I don't. I don't have any hope for Bengals. Bucks Bears. Game. I'm gonna go Bears. I'm gonna say Fitzpatrick finally runs out of his magic, and I think the Bears shut him down because I think the Bears have a better defense than the Steelers, and I think the Bears will shut him down. And I think this is the best defense Fitzpatrick's played against so far. I, so. I think the I definitely think the Bears. Cool Max gonna get after him. Cool Max is gonna. I mean, if he was getting after. Uh, he was getting after Aaron Rodgers, and he was getting—you know—he's forced to fumble in every single game, so far as a bear, and I think he's going to continue that. And I, I like I said, I think Pitts Magic is going to run out this week against the Bears. Lions, Cowboys. You know, I picked the Cowboys to beat the Seahawks last week. They didn't do too well. Dak didn't do too well. So I have to say, I'm going to have to say, I think the Lions are going to pull out that dub this week. I'm going to go Cowboys. Uh, Especially after beating Patriots, I think the Lions feel pretty good about themselves right now. I so I think I think the Lions can I think they'll I think they'll pull out that dub. I think the Cowboys can match up better with the Lions than they can the Seahawks. All right, Bills versus Packers, I'm going to go Packs. Uh I think the I don't know if the Bills win last week was a fluke. I but, assume it was. But, but. I still think as bad as Aaron Rodgers didn't. You know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers didn't have not have a good game against the the Redskins last week, but uh, I think I think I would have to say that the Packers get that win this week. Eagles Titans. Mm, that's a, I still think I think it's gonna be Eagles. I think Carson Wentz is gonna come back and still be strong, and I think the Eagles will. The. Yeah. Defending champions are going to get that win against the Titans. Tennessee. Got a game last week that they shouldn't have won, so I'm going to. They go played Eagles really too. good defense. Their defense was, offense didn't look too great though. Their offense didn't look too good, but I mean their defense looked pretty solid against the Jaguars, who are on the up and up, in my opinion, especially their defense. So I mean, I don't know. I still think I still have to say that the Eagles will get that win. All right, Texans Colts. Texans. I'm going to go Colts. I'm an Andrew Colts. Luck believer. I don't, I don't know. Deshaun Watson has played okay, but he hasn't completed a high percentage of his passes. I still have to go with Texans. I think Deshaun Watson will... I think he's going to light up that Colts defense this week. Andrew looks better than Deshaun Watson, and it's not close, so I'm going to go Colts. All right. Dolphins-Patriots. 
This was the hardest game for me to choose. You know, Dolphins have really surprised me this year, especially Ryan Tannenhill. Like he's Which, had a couple years in a row. He's won at ten of the last eleven games he's played in. Yeah, and like he, the past couple of years he hasn't been able to play that much because he keeps getting injured. And he looked like he was going to come back last year, and then he got injured again. So I mean, he's I Dolphins have definitely been a pleasant surprise this year. But and Ryan, like I said, Ryan Tannenhill has played really well. But I think the Patriots. Again, I know I'll go with my theory last week. I think they're going to be really pissed off. I think Tom Brady is wanna, going to want to stop that, the two-game losing streak. And I think the Patriots are going to beat the undefeated Dolphins. Is that the AFC East division that they're in? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I, I know they're in the same division with the Bills. But mm-hmm. I th- Dolphins are the only team with a winning record in it. Mm-hmm. And, they're, of course, they're 3-0. and And... Gonna like say they I'm gonna say be... they continue that trend. I'm gonna go with Dolphins. Alright, and then Jets versus Jaguars. I was kinda of disappointed with the Jaguars last week. I was disappointed with both teams. I expected both of them mm-hmm. to play better. I'm gonna go with Jaguars. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Jaguars on that one. Their defense is just too for much sure. for a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think I mean, I think Sam Darnold, he had a terrible game last week. And, you know, I hope he gets better. But I don't think he's going to, especially with that Jaguars defense, I don't think he's going to have a solid game. Browns Raiders. You know, I'm going to have to say that the Raiders are still going to be winless. And I think the Browns are going to pull that one off. I predicted last week that Browns would get their first win in over you a did. year you over did. the Raiders. Of course, that happened last week, but I'm still going to go with Browns. I still think, I mean, I think they're going to write off. Baker Mayfield, and I think, I guess I'd be a... Raiders just haven't been a good team this year, so... They, I mean, I guess they're really a blow everyone's expectations. All right, Seahawks versus Cardinals. Rookies first start. I'm going to go with Seahawks, though. <laughs> I have to go with Arizona. Arizona? I think... You, know, you just hate the Seahawks? I don't. I don't hate the Seahawks. Well, you hate I, Russell Wilson. I, I don't really like Russell. You Wilson. You think Big Ben's better than Russell Wilson? You're crazy. I yeah. do think Big Ben. Big Ben is definitely better than Russell. Russell Wilson. Wilson is the best player on that field in that game, and he's going to lead them to the victory. I think. Josh Although Rosen, I, I, I am a. Big, I think Josh Rosen is going to get his first win. As I am a big believer in Josh Rosen. He was my favorite prospect coming in, out Which, of the draft. That's what you were talking about last week. Uh, Saints versus Giants. I think the Saints, I think Drew Brees is going to have another good game. Yeah, Giants haven't looked great this year. They well, did last, last week. I mean, but... last week, uh, Eli Manning looked really good. But, you know, I still think Saints are going to get yep. that victory. I got Saints. 49ers, Chargers. You know. That's an easy one I'm, for me. I'm, Jimmy G. I might was... have, if Jimmy G was there, I might have said 49ers. But, you know. Jimmy G and no, 49ers are not beating the Chargers. I have, I have no hope for 49ers after Jimmy getting hurt, so I have to say Chargers. All right. Ravens versus Steelers. Mm-hmm. I think Steelers. I think Big Ben. You know, I've said a lot of good things about him this podcast, but I, you know, I still think I think Big Ben's going to have another good game. Yep, I'm going to go Steelers too. And then pretty sure this is the Monday night game, uh, Chiefs versus Broncos. Yeah, it is the Monday night game. Uh, uh, it's so it's so tough because Broncos with Von Miller, but Pat Mahomes is playing a really tough defense this week. He is, and like we like we were talking about earlier, we just we don't know if 
he's going to eventually get cold during the season or if he's just going to keep playing like this the rest. But uh, Although I love it's hard, Broncos again, defense, I do not like Case Keenum, so I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, Case Keenum, I just, he's, he hasn't looked very good. And I was talking about last week about when they bank on players after having one really good season. And he has not looked so good so far. But while the Denver has a good defense, I think I'm going to have to go with Patrick. It's hard for me to bet against Patrick Mahomes right now. And that's all for this week's That's all for this week's NFL breakdown and our predictions. And next segment, we have one of my favorites in college football. So stay tuned for more. All right, I'm going to start us off with a trivia question here. I thought I had a pretty good trivia question last week and all the way back to the 1940s. I think mine's a little easier to get. All right, so all-time career rushing leaders in the NFL. So out of the top five uh, career rushing leaders, two of them went to college in Florida, not at the University of Florida, but just inside of the state of Florida. One of them is Emmett Smith, who did go to Florida. Who is the other person, and where did they go? Frank Gore. Yes. Miami. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Damn, I wouldn't. I didn't think you were gonna get that too fast. I knew he was really good, and uh, you said Florida, and I was trying to think of like the other teams, and I, I knew Frank Gore was really freaking good, at, and when he played at Miami. See, I, I knew Frank Gore was really good, but I didn't realize until the other day that he was a uh, top five. All-time career rushing leader. He's number four right now. There's only He's actually with Miami now. He signed with them in the offseason. So I'm I think proud it's of you. Good, good job. I, like I said, I was thinking about when you were when you were asking the question. I was trying to think of other teams in Florida, and I knew there was no one from Central Florida. Yeah, I knew there was no one from South Florida. So I had to kind of boil it down. I was gonna Florida say State or Miami. I, I was yeah. I was probably gonna say Frank Gore or. Um, there's another player that played at Miami. Mm. Was it uh, the guy? Was it Ray Rice who played at Miami? He would have been nowhere near the top five. I can't think of his name, but I would have said Frank Gore him. But I, I kind of figured it was Frank Gore. Mm. So all um, right, guys. Now with college football, a lot happened this this past weekend, and there were. A lot a lot of good games that I was really, I was really excited, and it was they were just fun games overall. And my and just to start out with my bold prediction, last week I said that that Missouri was going to hang with Georgia, which for the most part they actually did. But if you want to beat the number two team in the nation, you cannot turn the ball over. And guess what they did in the first half? I'm going to say they turned the ball over. They turned it over like three or four times. You have a block punt that Georgia got in for a touchdown. They had – there was a fumble, a question – Yeah, questionable, I was going to say it was controversial. I didn't know if you saw that, but that was yeah. a very questionable fumble. He as probably should have been – He uh, should have been called, called down, down, but the refs didn't blow the whistle and they Georgia stripped it. But it, that could have been a game changer. But that's just, you know, that's just talking, I mean... You, Hypotheticals. Hypothetical. But, um, so you have that fumble, which again was questionable, but, you know, nonetheless it was still a fumble. There's an interception, which was not Drew Locke's fault. He got it to the receiver, 
receiver mishandled it, went straight into a Georgia defender, which Georgia didn't get a touchdown off of it, but they got pretty good yards off of it. And they also, Missouri also missed a field goal. So they had a lot of miscues in that first half, and that is not something that you can do if you want any chance of beating the number two team in the nation. Although Missouri, they were down about 14 points most of the and game. Honestly, those... But, but they, they would not go those away. Those miscues, they would not... Exactly. And I was so proud They They showed how... I was, through the not whole proud, thing. but I was like... I was... I was wanting Missouri to try to come back. And the thing is, though, those miscues really hurt them in that first half. And I, I mean, this may be a stretch with saying this, but if they didn't take away half those miscues, you take away that fumble... You take away, you know, if they made that field goal, they might have. Well, know, yeah, if you take away all the negatives that someone well, does well, in the game, mean, there's some things that win. you can't. I mean, if you take away the fumble, and you know, if you take away, if you have a, if you have a better, if you, if you didn't have that block punt, I mean, you can't. I think Missouri. Again, this might be a stretch by saying this, Missouri might have could have won that game. I really, I mean, I really think that. But they just had many miscues, and, and Missouri would not stay away. And But the thing is, every time in the second half, you know, Missouri did turn it on, but every time Missouri would score, Georgia would do something right back. Well, I'm going to mention something about my bold prediction, too, from last week, which was that uh, LSU would have a hangover game versus Louisiana. Which Tech. LSU... They were off to a real good start. I predicted that, that LSU would start off slow and then pull which away was the at the end, opposite. which was kind of the exact opposite because they started off really good, but at the end they just stopped playing. Louisiana Tech fought their way back in, and there was actually a chance that they had that they could have won. It was thirty-one to twenty-one with Louisiana Tech had the ball, like with eight minutes left in the fourth, something like that. Like there was a chance that Louisiana Tech had won. That's I, I would consider with... that a hangover game by LSU because. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I would say that they probably would have blew them out. Yeah. I mean, LSU, I mean, I've noticed that they just get way too comfortable when they have a lead and just let teams come back. And Louisiana Tech is not a team you should be letting come back against you. But we don't know how legit they are. They were 2-0. I mean, but, what, last I mean, week, we said they were, did we say they were legit? We didn't do them for a legit or host last week. Oh, well. Yeah, we did. Louisiana Tech? We did LSU. No, we, LSU, not no, Louisiana we, Tech. Yeah, LSU. I was going to say we did LSU. We didn't do Louisiana Tech. We did say they were legit. I, I said they were legit. We, we, I think because, they, because of the fact they beat Auburn. But, I mean, they're still looking pretty solid right now. But, yeah. so. Moving on to some other games. Our, our team, our boys. Our Kentucky Wildcats. Our Kentucky Wildcats. For the second time in three weeks, beat a top twenty-five team, and I, you know, I was texting you. We were texting back and forth during that game. I have never been so proud of a of a group of guys, and that's not just. I know I go to University of Kentucky, and I, and you're a big UK fan, and so am I. But the, take it the way, the bias, and I don't, I'm not trying to be biased, but you take away the bias. But even the little bit that might be there, you have to be proud of how Kentucky played against Mississippi State. I mean, 
I have it's been a while since I've seen a defense that suffocating in college football, other than maybe Alabama, but that's just Alabama. Easily the best defensive performance I've ever witnessed Kentucky uh I mean play. you look at Mississippi State who averaged fifty points a game prior to playing Kentucky and they were still undefeated and they were averaging over three hundred rushing yards. And Nick Fitzgerald, he's super Again. good. He hasn't played great on the road throughout the history of his career. Right. But Nick Fitzgerald's pretty good. And we, we Kentucky held him, contained him. And holding him as seven points and only fifty six yards rushing. Josh Allen was in the backfield. Josh every Allen time. was an absolute monster. And that's a first guy. That man's a first round pick. One hundred percent. I still think a team's gonna love him. And another <laughs> player that's in the Heisman talks finally you know last week I know I had to eat my words I said that Benny no matter how good he plays would never be in the talks but you know he's in the to- he's like number six right now in the Heisman he's, he's being as he missed the sixth uh heist and, and uh, Benny Snell you just other teams are just not gonna have to doubt him because of, against Florida they doubt even him. uh South Carolina's coach Will Muschamp is that who it is yeah all right yeah he even said I'm not gonna because every single team we've played so far has talked trash, except Murray State, has talked trash about Benny Snell. Will Muschamp goes, yeah, I'm not going to give him any extra motivation. <laughs> I have no plans <laughs> to do that. <laughs> like, you do not ever want to doubt Benny. And Benny is an absolute monster. Like, four he, touchdowns. Four touchdowns absolutely carrying that team. 165-ish yards. Defense and Benny definitely carried that team this set, the Saturday offense, night. The offense does not look great except for Benny. You see, the we offense, have, there's definitely, besides Benny, they still have some kinks to work out. C.J. Conrad's really good, but C.J. Conrad had enough. a really good catch. Dorian Baker had a really good catch. I mean, I think they didn't definitely... Quarterback play is super questionable. There's questionable right now. I mean, Terry Wilson couldn't really do much running the ball, and he had a really terrible interception. In general, he had a couple good plays, but in general, he did not have a... Really good game, as you know, as good as he did against Florida, but you know, definitely on the offense, they have a lot of kinks to work out. They had to find ways to get, I think, Lynn Bowden more involved into the game than he already is. Get C.J. Conrad in the game more. Try to get Dorian Baker. Just get your leaders in the game more. Your seniors, and Kevin you- Richardson is also really good, and he only has. How many? How many? Th- think he only has like three catches. On yeah, this he season. has two or three catches this year. But he, which he's been he's more, a good. Yeah, Robert he's been Seymour. very involved the last couple of years. So it's weird to see that he's not this year. And if you uh, see me this excited about Kentucky football, you know something special because I'm usually very pessimistic. Yeah, uh, against them because I, I mean I don't think so anyone's... many years where we start off three four and zero, oh, and it's Especially, just like we I mean, know we're gonna lose out the rest of the season, lose five of yeah. our last six. Look at the but... past two seasons. Kentucky has started out, you know, pretty damn well, but you know, towards the middle and the end of the season, well, they just kind of just go on. There was two slope. seasons where they won five games, and each season they started five and one. And they, wasn't that and, that was recently? That was just yeah, a couple that, years that, ago. Two. It was uh, two years ago and three years ago, I think, or three and four. I remember yeah. that. They started yeah. out five and one and this lost they, every single They just, they just could other, not win a game yeah. after that. But, you know, this year I think and like I said, I'm not saying it's just because I go to UK and I'm a UK fan. They are a team that, you know, deserves national recognition and that they should uh, definitely a team to look out for. Not I'm not saying playoffs. No. I'm never saying playoffs because 
Yeah. I'm not ever going to even mention Never. the word Kentucky but the fact Cross that together. I mean, it feels pretty nice that they're number 17 in the post right now. And first time I've seen that. That they're tied with Georgia, Alabama, and LSU for first place in the uh, SEC. I don't think anyone was expecting that. But, you know, again, this team is legit. Their defense is legit. And especially if they work out their offense a little bit more, you know, this this is going to be a really tough team to beat, in my opinion, especially on the opposing offense. 10-2 is on the table for this team, or even possibly 11-1 stretching I'm not sure if they would get a New Year's six bow. My my prediction right now, my prediction right now would be nine and three in the regular season. Anything less than that, I think, is a disappointment. Yeah, I think at this point, if they go eight and four, it's probably a disappointment. Because looking at the teams you have left, I mean, even I mean, I could I could see them losing against Texas A and M and Georgia, obviously in Georgia, and even though Texas A and M is two and two right now, they're not looking to. I mean. Again, that, that's another game we're going to talk about. Is Texas, I'd say Texas those, A&M those two Alabama. are probably losses, but Texas A&M, th- that, that's going to be win. That's going to be a tough environment. And then to I, see, I see Kentucky slip in once between the Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt game. Probably Missouri or South Carolina. But I mean, Vanderbilt Missouri, in there. again. And Louisville's looked awful. Middle and Tennessee Louis- State's not good. Louisville, and should, those should Louisville be has looked wins. awful. I don't, I mean, like I was telling you earlier. No, I don't feel. I mean, I feel pretty confident about the Louisville game. Um, I feel confident about Vandy that they're gonna win. I feel they confident. Be Vandy. I feel confident about Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee especially should be an easier win. Especially they, Florida just knocking Tennessee on their asses this past weekend at at Tennessee, too. You know, I like I said, and you know, like you said, I definitely think that ten and two is on the table. And nine and three is definitely, I think, is more realistic. But I guess you know, at this point in the season, if they go eight and four and only winning four games the rest of the season, I think is going to be as, quite the. As a Kentucky fan, that's all I ask for. I I want. I I understand we're Kentucky football. We're more on basketball. I like basketball more. I understand I mean, that most, most seasons we're gonna go basketball school six and six, seven and six. If if we, I'm completely as a Kentucky fan. I want to make it to a bowl game. Pretty much every single year, go six and seven wins, and then once every four, five, six years, have that nine, ten, maybe even eleven win season. That's all I ask for. And Mark Stoops has shown since he's developed it that he can possibly do that. You know, I and I told you that. Beating Florida probably got an extra five years on his contract. Yeah, and now he's there's fans, only two coaches in Kentucky history that's beat Louisville, Florida, and Tennessee. And, one and Mark Stoops is one of them. And I don't these can you know Kentucky fans don't have much to complain about because the basketball team is going to be really freaking good, and you know this football team is really showing out. And going to the rest of these games, I still think. You know, Georgia's definitely going to be a tough one because it's Georgia. But this, I mean, if Missouri can hang with Georgia at Missouri, I still think Kentucky's defense, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to play Georgia well. This ain't your typical Kentucky team is what we're saying. Yeah, it's it's not. And I really think that, you know, their defense is legit. Yeah, I just think this whole team is legit. And I'm... I'm I've have not been this proud of a team in a long time. 
Let's move on to our uh, both of our game of the weeks. My my game of the week was Texas A and M and Alabama, which you know at first it looked like it was gonna be a like a pretty decent game, but Alabama just with all the weapons that they have, destroyed them. Just you know, just mopped the floor with them. And it was not a good game. There was not much Texas A and M could do, and you know, Kellen Month looked okay starting out. I mean, he still had 90 rushing yards, which is pretty good against as a quarterback and against uh, Alabama's defense. But, man, Alabama. You know, you know, last week I said, you know, I was, I was still hesitant to put Tua as my number one. But after last week and proving that he can play against, you know, a quality SEC team, uh, yeah, two is the best college our, football player in the nation right now. And um, we'll talk about our Heisman standings in a little bit. But I, he's number one for me. And he's definitely number one for you, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, going back to a little bit about what we said last week, Alabama, their offense, you know, has had some times where, you know, they haven't had a really good quarterback. Not not that he's not good, they just haven't had like a star quarterback. And the last star quarterback I think they had before Tua was uh was AJ McCarron. Yeah, they haven't had and Tua I mean man, like he's I think he's went above and beyond everyone's expectations for this year. Mm-hmm. And he's absolutely in you know, I Alabama I don't think there's anyone that's gonna be able to beat Alabama. I still think, you know, I know it's really way early into the season, but I still think Alabama, I think, you know, not a walk, but I still think, I think they're going to win the championship this year. I don't even think Clemson can hang with them. I don't think Oklahoma could. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Georgia can. As, you know, like I said, as it's going to be tough for anyone to beat Alabama. And the fact that they made Texas A&M, who Texas A&M has a solid team this year. The, they made Texas A&M look like a low, mid-level conference team. You know what I mean? And, you know, their defense is going to continue to shine. Tua is going to continue to shine. Their whole offense is going to continue to shine. Alabama is proving once again that they're the best team in the nation. And one of the reasons like why is because past. of Nick Saban. And on to my game of the week from last week. It was Stanford versus Oregon, which ended up being a very good game. Oregon, which it didn't Oregon, look like it was going to be at first. Oregon, Oregon looked, looked like, like they were going to blow They looked out. like they had it in a bag, and Justin Herbert was completing something like 91% of his passes, and he had over 300 passing yards. Like He was playing out of his mind. K.J. Costello is good, though. K.J. Costello is good, and Bryce Love didn't have over 100 yards rushing. He didn't, but that was definitely the best game he's had this season. He had 80. In the second so. game of the season, he had over 100 yards rushing. He did? Mm-hmm. Oh, well. But, you know, Stanford still got the dub. They still pulled it out against Oregon. And Oregon, I still think they're going to I think they're gonna be okay. I mean, losing like they did, allowing Stanford to come back. I mean, you have to ask yourselves as an Oregon people, just how can you possibly, you know, blow it like that? But, you know, both teams are still really quality teams. And Stanford has a tough week this week against Notre Dame. And, you know, you know, like you said, it turned out to be a pretty good game. 
we went into overtime. Overtime, yeah. Yep. 38-37. Yeah, it was it was a fun game to watch. And and we had a couple a couple news stories. Not really, I mean, it's not breaking, but, you know, Notre Dame, who was on our legit or hoax thing last week, Notre Dame put in a new quarterback. They didn't put in Brandon Wimbush. They put in this junior named Ian Book. Who went off against Wake Forest? He went twenty-five to thirty-four. He had three hundred twenty-five passing yards, and he added two touchdowns. And he also looked really good rushing the ball. So, I think you know this all goes all the way back to what we said about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Keep riding the hot hand. Notre Dame keeps starting this book guy, and I, you know, I'll take back what I said about Notre Dame not being a legit team. You know, because Book looked really good against Wake Forest. Yeah, I don't like. You know, I don't know if he's going to keep it up, but he's looked a lot. He looked a lot better than Wimbush did the previous two games that they played. So I mean, for Notre Dame, if they want any chance of being looked at, looked at in the playoffs this year, I definitely keep starting Ian Book because, you know, their offense looked a lot better when he was in than when they had Wimbush, and Book is just you know, like I said, he just looked really good against Wake Forest. In another quarterback change, Clemson has decided to start Trevor Lawrence, the number one quarterback, or number two quarterback from high, coming out of high school. Freshman, he's 6'5", he's a big guy, has a really good arm. Torched Georgia Tech Which through four Clem- touchdowns. Clemson has been playing two quarterbacks all season. They have. But, you know, after watching them, their offense definitely looks amazing. A lot better when Trevor Trevor Lawrence is in there. Just Kelly Bryant is, you know, he's he's a good. Trevor Lawrence he's more, is legit. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, I think in a couple of years is definitely going to be a Heisman contender. And Kelly Bryant, while I mean he's you know he's a decent quarterback, but in my opinion he's more of a game manager than he is, you know, like you know, like a Trevor Lawrence yeah. pro style type quarterback and. Definitely Clemson is going to, you know, be number one in the ACC this year. Uh, there's no team that's going to be compared to ACC or compared to Clemson, I don't think. Hey, don't you talk trash about Syracuse. It's going to be a good game. That is, yep. I, we'll talk about that a little bit in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has looked like a monster even when he hasn't started and when he's gotten playing time. And he's looked, I mean, like I said, I just, you know, in a couple of years, maybe even next year and the year after, I think he's definitely going to be a, a Heisman contender. Like a definitely in his In his future. And another thing I had to talk about is the Louisville Cardinal football team. And just their, you know, football and basketball in general. Although, in basketball... They picked up four. They have. Four, they picked up another recruit recently, and they're actually number three in the. Chris Mack's team. trying to turn the program back around. And I think, like you know, I think I told you this before. Hiring Chris Mack was such a good move for Louisville because he's that hometown guy. He's, you know, he will go out to the community and actually talk with them people. Whereas Rick Pitino just, you know, like the lie about you know pay players get BJ's under a table and. Restaurant, you know, stuff like that. But 
you know, go back to Louisville football. I don't know, you know, they're two and two right now. Probably should have lost to Western Kentucky. They should be one and three right now. I mean, they're not good. I don't know how far, like, how you could have possibly fallen off the pedestal that you were on, like, so and go downhill so quickly. And the only fact that they had the reason, two good quarterbacks back to back in Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson. Now they have Juwan Pass, who is who's been played off in the same realm. And Malik Cunningham has looked okay as a rusher, but at passing the ball, he hasn't looked. You know, I think he, Malik Cunningham has played better than Juwan Pass. Yeah, but he's Lamar Jackson, except can't throw. Yeah, and I just think, and you just look at, you know. Lamar Jackson and everything he did for that Louisville team is just what happens when Lamar Jackson was your everything. Yeah. And when he left, it kind of left Louisville scrambling to try to find the next man up on you know who's going to be able to succeed Lamar, and they haven't had that, and it doesn't help when their defense is whack again. Terrible defense, and their offense is you know just in a log jam all season, and. I mean, I don't even. I don't honestly. I don't think Louisville's going to get a bowl game this year. It's hard for me. I don't to, know their schedule exactly, so I. I know they say. play Florida State. Well, yeah, then they're going to play. Clemson they play probably. They, and... they they don't play Clemson until November. But you know, Florida State. I mean, it's at Louisville this year, but it's still a possibility that Florida State, even though Florida State has also not been that good this year, I think Florida State will. Yeah, good chance that they might even beat Louisville. And like I said, man, I don't think Louisville is going to even get a bowl game. But especially losing to Virginia, which Virginia is not that good of a team. And Virginia's running back ran all over Louisville's defense. And he he looked really good. But, you know, just their Louisville program. Do you think they'll think about firing Petrino if they have a bad season? Where they went, if they go like 4-8 and eight or like 5-7? and seven? I think they'd give him at least one more year. He's had he's been good every single year that he's been there so far. So I don't think they fire him after one bad year, but after two, possibly, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who they, you know, I don't know if they're gonna start Jawan Pass or if they're gonna start Malik Cunningham next next game against Florida State. But you know, I don't even know what's going on with that program in general. But you know. Um, another thing, it, do you think Texas is back? Because they just come off back-to-back weeks beating US, USC, which USC is not that good as they have been the past couple of years. But there's that's still a, you know, a major school and a pretty big conference. And they beat USC pretty good. And to come back against TCU, which TCU is, you know, they, they were hanging with Ohio State. I mean, and they beat... TCU pretty good. So do you, I mean, do you, in your opinion, do you think TCU is back? TCU? Not TCU, Texas. Again, I'm not for sure if, they, they're definitely, they look better, which they did win the seven games. The quarterback looks better. They did win seven games last year. I think that's probably where they're at this year, around seven wins you don't in think the same round. You don't think they can win more? I mean, there's always a possibility. They shocked me at beating TCU, and I thought TCU was good too. I, I thought year. TCU would beat them too, but I don't think Texas is at that level where they're a nine to ten win seat uh, team yet. You know, I thought they were gonna. 
I think, you know, especially the fans thought they were going to finally turn the leaf where they back to their, you know, top of Gore college days. football, back to their yes. core days when they hired Charlie Strong. And that did not work out. It did not work bit. out partly because he had to get rid of so many players because of disciplinary oh, he kicked issues. So, so many people. And he was only just, there for two years, right? Three years, two maybe. And he just, it was just the simple fact that, you know, he didn't have that many, that much talent around him. And their quarterback has looked. I can't pronounce his name. I'm terrible at pronouncing last game, uh, last names as Gavin knows. But you know, <laughs> so, say to his name, Tua Tungo Viola. Viola. He's getting there. He's getting there. I've been training him. I, I we've been training a lot. So I just I said I've been saying Tua so far in this podcast. But you know, <laughs> but like I said, nonetheless, Texas. Quarterback has looked pretty good, but pretty solid so far this season, and you know I I don't think they're back to their they're going to be back to their glory days. They ain't you know, got no Vince Young year. on that team either. They don't, and uh, I mean Tom Herman that was a pretty good hire. I think it was a good hire. And, Tom Herman's a good coach. You know I think you know last year he didn't do too do too well because he just like, he did better than what like, Charlie was doing. He did, and I mean. Also, that Charlie Strong didn't, you know, didn't leave Tom Herman with a much that much talent too, and they didn't have any. Devonta uh, is it Devonta Freeman, who plays for the Texans now. They don't and they lost a real good running back in him. I mean, as you know, I think Texas is definitely getting back and coming off of two, you know, top tier wins against really, you know. Decent teams. I think that in Texas A&M, I mean not Texas A&M, I think Texas is going to, uh, I think they'll, they'll definitely get a bonus. I, I think, year. I think, I just added I think they best case a, scenario, I think they get four more wins, which would be seven wins for on the season. Because I don't think they would beat Oklahoma, don't think they'd beat Oklahoma State, don't think they'd be West Virginia you or know, Texas Tech. You know, I had to, about them playing Oklahoma, I think... They look, I guess they could beat Oklahoma Army, State. So seven, I think that I think they can beat Oklahoma State, and I think that Oklahoma letting Army hang with them. I think Texas has a good shot against Oklahoma. That was one bad game by Oklahoma. I don't think that. I think West Virginia. Do they play them this year? Yeah, West Virginia. West Virginia is probably where I draw the line where I don't think they're gonna win, but I mean I think other games are definitely winnable, and I think. Best case scenario is them probably winning eight or nine games. But, well, we'll see. And, I mean, they could be undefeated right now, but they lost against Maryland in that first game of the season. But, nonetheless, we'll see what happens with Texas along as the college football season goes along. So, we have our Heisman standings, which were pretty much the same Yeah. Uh, this week. We have the same Tua, three. Tua Tunga Alvola. I was close enough. Is uh our number one. He's is you know, last week he went off against Texas A and M on the season. He has over a thousand yards passing, has twelve touchdowns, and he's completing seventy three percent of a seventy three percent clip on his passing. He's on and the he's, that's he's just, the best player on the best teams. And it's not he's very close, just, so and he's just you know He should be number one right what, now. Yeah, and like I said, he's just playing above everyone's expectations right now. And um Number two, Dwayne Haskins. He moved up for me. 
That's my he, number two as well. He uh played a really good game against the Tulane. I don't know. I, mean, it was a, I didn't it even was know a they really had a good game though. <laughs> I didn't even know Tulane had a football team to be honest with you. But you well, know, Tulane on Tulane four. <laughs> Come on. Honestly, do you have you ever heard of Tulane playing football? Yeah. Oh, I haven't. Um so Dwayne Haskins on the season, over a thousand yards passing. He has sixteen touchdowns already. Through what, four games? Yeah. <laughs> That's just crazy to think about. He's absolutely slinging the ball. And considering he's a soft, oh, state's putting up high numbers. The, they're putting up high numbers. They scored between 40 and 77 Their defense has looked good, and their, and their offense has looked absolutely amazing, too. And Dwayne Haskins only being a sophomore, I mean, he's played really good. And I don't, like I said, I mean, I said this last week on the podcast. I don't really like Ohio State, but it's hard to argue against what they're doing. And with Urban Meyer back, they're just only going to get better. And Dwayne and Dwayne Haskins has looked Awesome. Absolutely amazing. And he's looking to get over 40 touchdowns this year. I mean, maybe even more. We'll see. But And number three is definitely Will Greyer. Wrote, yep. He stays Will at number Greer. three for me. He just, he, uh, you know, he had a couple picks. That's he also pretty, had five touchdowns, yeah, though. But he also threw five touchdowns. And on the season, just through, he, let's not forget that he's played one less game because of the Hurricane Florence. Let's not forget that he's played one less game. And through three games, Will Greer has had, he's completing 75% of his passes. He has over 1,000 yards rushing, not rushing, um, passing. And he's thrown 14 touchdowns in one less game. Man's and, playing awesome. And Will Greer is, you know, his. I think he'll be, you know, on the trip and, you know, when they... Um, when they uh, give out the Heisman Award, but Will Greer, considering that he's played one less game, one less game, and he's number twelve on the passing uh, leaders in the FBS this year. That's crazy. Yeah, and he's just he's also playing out of his mind. He's also completing seventy five percent of his passes. Yeah, and him and David David Steeles is his name, something like that. Him definitely the best. In my opinion, the best wide receiver quarterback duo in the in college football right now, and you know, I had to put you know just as a number four right now for me is definitely Benny Snell, who's just absolutely, you know, he's just killing everybody. Already has over five hundred yards rushing, seven TDs. He's just running over everybody, and he's definitely my number four right now. And I know I, you know, I have to say this again. It's not because I'm a UK fan. But because of just he, Mississippi State has, if not one of the the best defensive lines in the country, and the fact that he had one hundred sixty five yards rushing against him and four TDs, that's just that deserves national recognition, and I think he's definitely number four for me right now. My if if I have to choose number four, mine's still gonna be Kyler Murray, who's in my top three last week. He's actually number two. He fell a little bit because he didn't put up the crazy uh, passing yards, but he still threw 12 of 15. Still had uh, how many touchdowns did he have? Like three, I think. Yeah, total. I think it was three touchdowns and one interception. Mm-hmm. And his team still won, so. Yeah. I, I mean, 
Although he and didn't have the crazy even... passing numbers, he was still super accurate. Mm-hmm. And I think those four I... quarterbacks have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. I, I still, I mean, I, my dark horse is, I have a different one this week. I have a different one as well. And um, so I was watching UCF this past, on Friday. And I think my dark horse right now is definitely McKenzie Milton. He's definitely in the running he, for it. He's, he's not the biggest quarterback, but if they win another national championship, <laughs> I know they win another national championship and just declare. I mean, declare that they won it. But I mean, he's he's a top notch quarterback, and he's definitely one of the best quarterbacks that this that this the NCAA football has right now. And I think he's you know he you know he can run the ball when he wants to. He's a good he's a effective passer. I think you know. I don't. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be in the top three by the time the season's over, but I think he's definitely a dark horse, and he's he might be considered towards the end. I know he's not really in any standings right now for Heisman and like on ESPN, but he's definitely. I mean, if he can, keeps playing like he is right now, I, he definitely has the potential to be in that. My dark horse is the freshman quarterback from Texas Tech, Alan Bowman. He is completing seventy-two percent of his passes on the year, and he's number two. In passing uh, yards this season. Uh, you know who number one is? Your boy, Cole McDonald. My boy, Cole McDonald from University of Hawaii. Which Cole McDonald does have about 2,000 more yards than anybody. He finally threw his first interception this past game, but he still threw five touchdowns in that game. Either way, Alan Bowman, he's number two in yards this season. Uh, they're three and one. They just beat uh, a good Oklahoma State team. Uh, they're, it's going to be a good quarterback duo, uh him versus Will Greer this week. And he's only a freshman. He still yeah. has – he's not a redshirt freshman, is he? I don't think so, no. The fact that he has this year and he has two more years, like, he's going to be – I mean, Patrick Mahomes was good at Texas Tech. But, Patrick Mahomes was super good at Texas Tech, but he's but not – But Allen Gordon – I mean – Bowman. <laughs> Allen Bowman, I think, is, you know, like Trevor Lawrence, I think he has the potential to definitely be in Heisman standings. The next for you know, years to come. For years to come, one hundred percent. So, I think that definitely leads to our game of the week, which I've already said mine, which which is West Virginia versus Texas Tech. Two of the best quarterbacks in the nation going head to head, both top twenty five teams. I think it's going to be super high scoring. That is going to be a fun. I'm going to have to watch that game. If, if you're a fan on. of offense, I think this is going to be this a really is going to be for you. This is going to be really fun. Yeah. A lot of touchdowns. Not my defense my game of the week is definitely Syracuse at Clemson. Now, Syracuse, I think, has surprised a lot of people. They're 4-0. Mm-hmm. Clemson's also 4-0, of course. But LSU's senior – I mean, um, Syracuse's senior quarterback, Eric Dungy, has played really well passing, and he's also rushed the ball really well. And he's really – he's been an effective leader on this team, and that's – no, he should be since he's, you know, their senior. But I think honestly, you know, in past in the past, I think it was last year, Syracuse beat him, and I think that I think Syracuse is on. I think honestly, I think they're gonna hang with Clemson. Syracuse is playing good so far this year, and uh, I mean Trevor Lawrence might. I'm not sure how good Syracuse's defense is, but I mean. Trevor Lawrence is, you know, he has the potential to light it up whenever he wants. You know, he's definition of a gunslinger. And um, 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Still. I think if I Clemson think, wins... I think Syracuse is definitely going to be in the, you know, in the running. I think if Clemson wins, it's going to be a blowout. But I think if it's a close game, then Syracuse will probably edge them out. You think so? Mm-hmm. At Clemson? If it's a close game. If not, I think it's a Clemson blowout. I definitely... I mean, I think it definitely boils back to if Eric Dungey can have a good game and keep up how he's been playing. I I personally think it's probably going to be a Clemson blowout, but we'll see. Yeah. So, um, could you imagine if Syracuse Syracuse wins and... They're number one in the ACC, and I—I uh, I thought you were going to say in the nation. I was like, no, no, number one in the ACC, and ranked yet. And uh, you I know, guess I technically, would, record-wise, it'd be tied number one. But. And I mean, Syracuse, if they beat Clemson, I would have to eat my words about saying that there's no one that could beat Clemson in the ACC. Yeah, but you don't really have a bold prediction this week because there's not really a lot. But my bold prediction this week is that, you know, kind of what we were talking about with Texas Tech and West Virginia, I think that, um, I think Alan Bowman, I think he's going to show out against West Virginia. And I think him and Will Greer are just going to have an absolute shootout. And that's not really bold because, you know, it has a high percentage. Because, <laughs> you know, high percentage that might happen. But, you know, I definitely think, you know, that um, Alan Bowman and Will Greer are definitely going to have a shootout this weekend. So that would be my prediction. And for our legit or hoax, going back to McKenzie Milton, do you think that University of Central Florida, do you think they're a hoax or do you think they're actually legit? Because, I mean, looking back at we were talking about this earlier, that their best, so far UCF's best win right now has been, was last week against Florida Atlantic. With against but Lane the thing Fitton's is, team. they do not play really any good teams the whole season. Right. And if you're saying by legit, I think they'll go undefeated again. Yeah. Think uh, I think possible? they'll go. I think they'll go undefeated again. Only team I really see probably giving them trouble. Um, maybe Navy, but besides for that, I think they win every game. Mm-hmm. Does that get them into the playoff race? No. I probably not. But where they ranked right now? If. If they can reschedule the UNC game, I know they're not that good of a team, but if they can reschedule the UNC game and pick up a win there, possibly, because that shows that's another win against the Power 5 Conference, but they're number 13. Texas Tech, do you think they're legit or hopes? Texas Tech, I believe, is legit. I do I think, think they'll lose to after, West Virginia. Honestly, if Alan Bowman but, keeps playing like he is, I think once Will Greer and David and once Will Greer graduates and moves on to the NFL, I think Texas Texas ain't uh, Tech. I think Texas Tech can definitely uh, overtake West Virginia in that that uh the Big Twelve. I think Texas I really, Tech is I really legit, do. and they actually have an easier schedule out of out of Big Twelve wise. They don't have that many great teams left. The only good teams they have left is West Virginia and Oklahoma. Right. I guess if you want to consider Texas good. I think but that Texas if they can uh, get, the Texas Tech Oklahoma game is also going to be really good. If if they can get one of those three left and then the rest of the games, that's a really good season. Yeah, that's and, only three losses, nine and three. I mm-hmm. like I said, I think after Will Greer um, graduates and Kyle Murray is not going to be there next year at Oklahoma because he'll be in the MLB. 
mean, I still, I mean, I think Texas Tech has definitely has the opportunity to be number one in the Big, big 12. The thing about Texas Tech is their defense. They've consistently shown that they put up big numbers, but they don't really defend the ball. Yeah. Well, that's, that's definitely something to look at. They're, they have to work on their defense. So that was it for the sort of the little the jitter hoax segment. And that we covered a lot today. And that, you know, that was it for college football. Covered a lot of NBA. We, there was a lot of sports. I was kind of happy because I knew, you know, we would have a lot, of talk, a lot to talk about for this podcast. And I was I was really happy about that. And, you know, again, another fun episode. You know, we're still going to get better. We still need a lot to improve on. But, you know, I again. We'll try <laughs> to get our another, man Kenley Ballinger on one of we'll, these. We'll try to get Kenley here soon because, you know, he's we talked to him about sports. And he's, I would say. Just as big of a sports fan as us. He, 100%. And, you know, maybe get get him. Maybe we can. Record an early we've already, episode. We've already talked. I've already talked to him about it a couple of times. Getting him in, talking, or, in. or over the phone, possibly. He's so also a bit. pretty funny dude, so yeah. he'd add more comedy to this podcast. But you know, again, like he's I said, he's also a little cuter than Tyler. <laughs> I know you can't see his, but it'll make <laughs> but, me feel better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think like again, like I said, it's just it. It was another fun episode, and we had a lot. A lot of stuff to talk about, and we—I'm glad we were able to add a little bit of NBA into this podcast this week because I mean, obviously, um, it's not started yet, but the preseason is about to start, and you can't really go off anything from preseason because you don't really play their stars. Nah, I'm not—I'm not a big believer. I don't like preseason and any. Sport I don't really. I understand the point of it. I, I like the I like thought the, of it, but I, mean, I like the preseason. I don't like fact, analyzing your, it. Your younger players get that and just getting people in a rhythm. But I don't like analyzing it, looking at it too much. Cause... Yeah, but I was happy. I mean, happy to add a little bit of NBA into this this week's podcast, and and you know, again, we cannot thank you guys enough for listening to this podcast and the fact that you know, twenty two people in the first week. Let's make it twenty three this week. Let's make it. 50 this week. Maybe. I don't know, but it's pot. I mean, I'll I just listen know. to it over and over. <laughs> we'll, we'll add the we'll stat pad like yeah. Russell Westbrook does. But, you know. Make a bunch of fake accounts. And, <laughs> hey. Burner accounts. Hey, this podcast is pretty good. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, we cannot thank you guys enough for listening to this podcast. And we're only going to get better. And as as we move along with this podcast, we're, we're really hoping for a lot. Um. We're looking to, we're looking to grow, and you know we're it's. I cannot tell you how much fun I'm having doing this podcast, and just uh, you know getting together with you has been really fun. And if zero people listen, I'm still getting to talk sports, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, and you know, you know, like I said on last week's podcast, talking sports is 100 percent our thing, and sports is our thing, and it's what I want to do with my life, and. Leave a comment on any of the Twitter, and Instagram, like I said, anything about questions yeah, or like I said, suggestions. It, you know, we still have our social media, which you know the pot, um, on Instagram it's Man Cave Sports Podcast. Twitter handle is at Man Cave Podcast. And if you want to follow me on my personal account on Instagram, it's Tyler Walrus Golf. And he's pretty proud of that. I'm pretty proud of that name. But again, 
If you guys want to leave any feedback or if you have any comments about sports or anything that we should talk about in future that or that you want us to talk about in future podcast episodes, definitely definitely comment and if you have like a you can you know, leave controversial topics. Leave I mean, controversial however, topics. And, are you over? And we, I mean, we, we <laughs> I mean, we argued this week about whether or not Ben Roethlisberger is a, a top five quarterback. I'd rather argue right than just agree with everything. But right, I mean, are, uh, plus arguing adds a pretty good yeah. feel. I mean, pretty good comedy too. Ben Roethlisberger's not better. Than <sighs> yes, he is. <laughs> but you know, again, thank you guys so much, and. um was gonna mention forgot was gonna mention this last week and forgot to mention it. Um, our f- basic format right now is to get every you know record every episode on Tuesdays, and to uh, to you know get it down, out by Wednesday. Get it out by Wednesday or Tuesday night. And you know like Gavin was saying, there's more ways to reach reach this podcast by listening to it other than just using going on or downloading the Anchor app and or just you know going hitting the link that I have on Instagram, you can, like I said, Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Republic, um, Breaker. There's other ways that you guys can reach the podcast and can, you know, don't just have to use Anchor. So, again, thank you guys so much, and we'll get be ready for the next episode next week. And thank you for joining us in the Man Cave.